John chapter number 2, let me read verse number 24. The Bible said, But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men. Needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Would you agree with that? Say amen. amen. Terry, do the honors. Yes, Lord. God, hear the cries. <coughs> yes, Lord. Amen. John chapter number 10, verse number 14, the Bible said, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep. God knows his sheep. And am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doeth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Now listen to what verse number 19 said. There was a division, therefore, again among the Jews for these sayings. Now, if you look there in verse number 14, and know my sheep. <coughs> God knows his sheep. <coughs> God knows exactly who is saved and ain't saved. God knows exactly them that's among the sheep that are really wolves. God knows them. <coughs> God knows the day and the hour when you got saved. And we were talking about this, Beardy and I, before church. Beardy made a statement, said, My book in heaven is probably as thick as that Bible the things that God had to forgive me for. I said, Beardy, think about this. Mine's probably that thick of the things he had to forgive me for after I got saved. Amen. A lot of people don't understand that you can sin after you get saved. Amen. They think you become a slave. Not so. They think you're perfect. The Lord said he knows his sheep. Well, if he knows me, Chris, he knows my shortcomings. He knows my weak points. Amen. He knows my hot-headedness. He knows my stubbornness. 
He knows all about us because he knows his sheep. <laughs> I, I've been fortunate enough to break a lot of horses over the years and every one of them had a different personality. Every one of them. I broke two full brothers one time. Matter of fact, I broke a set of twins. A set of twins, whatever one done, they hadn't done. That's the truth. If you go out to a creek and one didn't want to cross it, they hadn't wouldn't cross it. But I broke two full brothers and they were just total opposites. They looked identical. They were both black. Both had a white star in their head. One of them didn't have a brain in its head. That's the truth. That horse tried its best to kill me. It would do anything you ask of it until the first drop of sweat came out on it. And when the first drop of sweat came out, it turned its rear end towards you and tried to kick your brains out. It'd come at you kicking backwards. You'd go into the stall to get it. It'd come at you trying to bite you. And the other one made a kid's horse the first time I ever rode it. You could have put a baby on it. And I thought, two absolutely same horse, same color, same mama, same daddy, and total opposite. The Lord said, I know my sheep. They may all look like sheep, but they ain't all sheep. There's some goats in that crowd. I would, but. I could, but. I should, but. Are you a goat or a sheep? Don't look over at your spouses. You'll get in trouble. Depends on who you ask and what day it is. Absolutely. And whether they need to borrow money. To whether you're a goat or a sheep. But the Lord's trying to tell us. He said, I know my sheep. Well, if he knows us, then he knows that we've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. Word of God says that. He also knows that we all have room for improvement. He also knows that we all need revival. Amen. He also knows exactly how to give it to us if we'll receive it. But a lot of us will not receive it. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, in John chapter number 16. And let's start reading in verse number 29. <clears throat> His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest not proverbs. Now listen, now are we sure that thou knowest all things and needeth not that any man should ask thee, but this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, do you now believe? What do you believe tonight? What do you believe tonight? You believe God knows all things? Well, if God knows all things, why ain't we doing all things? I mean, we understand and know a lot that we let on like we don't know. Anybody ever play dumb? I was waiting for that in Chris. I just stopped and waited on you. There's some of us that this comes so natural. But sometimes we want to play dumb 
so we don't have to be responsible. Yeah. Well, I didn't understand that. I didn't know that. Hmm, yeah. You didn't see that sign that said 55? (laughs) You didn't see that big red sign over there that said S-T-O-P? We want to play dumb. Can I say something tonight that will help you? God don't accept dumbness. Because he knows the intent of your heart. God knows whether you're playing the game or whether you're not playing the game. Hello? Now are we sure that thou knowest all things? Now wait a minute. We're in the 16th chapter of John. Hello? You realize what all they've seen and heard? And they're just now making that statement? Are we the one that sometimes says, Lord, give me a sign? Aren't we that generation that says, Lord, I I need to know. Here they are, they're saying, Lord, (laughs) we know now. Sixteen chapters into this, and they finally said, I know. I know. I know, Lord, you know it all. Mm. Boy, that left out teenagers, didn't it? Did you catch what he said there in verse number 29? His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly. And speak us no proverb. Can I put that in mountain talk? Put that in plain English, Lord. How much plainer could God make it than what he's made this Bible? Thou shalt not. What is so hard to understand about thou shalt not? What's so hard to understand about thou shalt? Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, body, soul, and mind. That ain't hard to understand, is it? Right? Lord, don't speak to us in a proverb. We, we, we can't get it. And he's scratching his head. Right? Preachers preached on it six months. You've almost got her. Almost nailed it down. You've almost believed him. And a commercial comes on television and you change your mind in five seconds. Dr. Spooky Spock has wrote a new book called the Holy Bible need to get rid of them old King James and get this new updated version get out of the stone age and move up don't speak to them in Proverbs I can't understand that you know what I Lord why are you leading this way I have nothing against education if you've got an education God bless you But if you ain't got no common sense with that education, God help you. Isn't it funny that they'll come on television and they'll give you 14 credentials of their study and their colleges and all of this. And then they say, I need a book I can understand. Did you understand what I just said? Well, I I didn't finish high school, and I don't have no trouble understanding it when God reveals it. 
I read it a lot of times and don't understand it right that second, but when I need it, God reveals it. Do I sit around and scratch my head and pull my hair thinking, well, I don't understand that. I don't know. I don't do that. I take what I do understand and use it. Then when God wants me to understand something else, he'll open unto me the scripture. Why? Because, listen, if he gave you everything in that book, he'd blow the top of your head off. You couldn't handle it. So God gives it to us little by little so we can feed on it, not choke on it. And the disciples in the 16th chapter of John says, well, we finally believe it. Some of you I've been preaching to for 25 years and you still ain't got it. Hello. Some of us, by choice, don't want to get it. Because if we get it, that means we have to stop sinning because we understand. We don't want to take that responsibility so we'll, we'll be just like the disciples. Don't speak no Proverbs, Lord. I can't understand all that. And then the next verse says, I understand it. Come on now. Church, we know. Church folk know. We're in the Bible Belt. Most everybody that was raised in this neighborhood around here understands this Bible. You were taken to church and taught as a child most of us, we wasn't taken regular, we wasn't drug, we wasn't forced and all of that, but we were taken enough that we understand right from wrong. We understand what God is trying. Listen, if you know anything about God, know this, God knows you. God knows you better than you know you. How many ever made this statement? I can't do that. And then end up doing it. What you're doing is you're not trusting God with His ability to overcome your inability. My inability, I can't do it, but through God, through the Lord Jesus Christ which strengthens me, I can do what? All things. Are you with me? Say amen. Turn in the book of Acts, chapter number (coughs) 1. Acts chapter number (coughs) 1. Verse number 24. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgressions fail, that he might go to his own place And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon (coughs) Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. God knows the hearts, and God knows how to choose the right one for the right job. Have you ever heard this statement? If you want something done... Ask a busy man. Anybody ever heard that statement? You know why he's busy? Because he's a doer. Joanne's cackling down there. She's going to lay a double yoker. (laughs) 
So when you go home, you're off duty. (laughs) Isn't it it funny that that statement is absolutely true? Because if they're not doing anything, more than likely they ain't going to do anything. Right? I mean, sometimes you get a slack moment and you do have a moment of rest. But usually, if you'll do it, there's plenty to do. You may not be the best at it, but you might be all that's available and willing. Terry, don't laugh so hard, son. <laughs> there, every person in this building has something you are good at. If I wanted a tire change, I'd call Philip, right? If I wanted a roof repair, I'd call Philip. The other Philip. Of course, this Philip could repair one too. If you want to know whether something tastes good or not, call me. (laughs) I'm just saying God knows you. (laughs) Right? Look at this. It didn't get this way by not tasting things. (laughs) God knows you. He knows your heart. He knows your ability. He knows your inability. And he knows your availability. And he'll never ask you to do nothing you ain't qualified on doing without qualifying you to do it. Amen. You may not have the ability at that moment. But with God's help, you can get her done. You can get it done. Why? Because God sent you to do the task. Our study this morning proved that, didn't it? Jonah didn't like them folks. But God knew he had the ability to do what he wanted to do, even though he didn't like doing it. Right? So God sent him down to do the job. Jonah was a Baptist. He had to take the rough road before he got it done. Amen, preacher. God knows your heart tonight. Turn with me in 1 Corinthians, chapter number 3. I'm glad I serve a merciful, long-suffering God. And I'll leave it right there. Are you with me? Say amen. First Corinthians chapter number 3 verse number 20. The Bible said, And again the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Caiaphas or the world... Or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ and Christ is God's. Are you with me? Say amen. We've had it mentioned here a lot and we'll keep mentioning it. Sometimes we don't have pure thoughts. Sometimes we have to repent of our thoughts. Can I help somebody tonight? That's normal. 
because you're wrapped up in that sinful flesh. And that old sinful flesh is hard to keep tamed. That old flesh wants to lash out. But I'm glad. that Now listen to me. This may not make one bit of sense to you, but it does to me. I'm glad God knows my thoughts so he can correct it before it gets into action. Amen. I mean, it's done too late after you slap somebody's chops to say I'm sorry. Chris, don't life so hard, son. <laughs> now think about it. In the spur of a moment, say you slap somebody you love. Or maybe you got Philip to help you and Gucci and you hit your own boy. I can still hear that thud, Philip. I can. And I thought, here I have hit my own son right in the head in church. I felt about that big. But it's too late to rub that knot down and say, son, I didn't mean that. He's going to be reminded of that four or five days later as he's rubbing that knot down. I should have. But I didn't see two wrongs ever made a right. Calm down over there, Chris. See, we'd have had a mess right in the house of God. And the story would have never been told correctly. They'd have said, you ought to have seen it. It's the awfulest fight it ever was at the house of God. Right? Not knowing that I was Gucci. Now she's laughing. If you all thought that was funny, you ought to have been down there at Golden Corral when I slapped that cup of coffee plum through that place. That was funny. Just as I was fixing to get that cup of coffee, Gail accidentally elbowed me and they dropped one of their big metal pans in the kitchen at the same instant. And I had my hand right there and I slapped that coffee cup Slapped through that place. Coffee went everywhere. I'm sitting there as red as these pews saying, God, I hope I didn't scald nobody. Because they just set that coffee down. Philip was wiping coffee. Michael was doing like Chris, dying laughing. It's too late I'd have done slapped it. See, my thoughts wasn't even on slapping that coffee. My thoughts was I want to drink that coffee, but situation came up where I didn't get to drink that cup of coffee. I'm just so glad there wasn't nobody at the next table. <coughs> Preacher's in a fight down at the steakhouse. What kind of preacher we got? Now think about this, folks. How many would have tucked that thought and ruined my name? All because I'm Gucci. (laughs) There she goes again laughing. Honey, I am. I'm Gucci. I can't help it. I still can't help it. So don't Gucci me. It could be endangering somebody's life. 
And it'd be too late to say, well, I'll preach your funeral <laughs> for free. I'm glad he knows my thoughts. And he can help me with my thoughts. I'm glad he truly knows my thoughts. You know, there's nothing in your thought pattern that you can hide from God. Because he knows your thoughts. He knows the very intent of every thought you've ever had, good or evil. He knows them. I'm talking to you tonight about a God that knows us. And yet he still loves us. He loves you. He wants the best for you. And he knows your thoughts. Anybody ever say, boy, I'd give a penny for your thoughts. I'd give you $5 if you didn't know mine. Second Timothy. Let me see if I can close tonight, maybe. Chapter number 2, verse number 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure... Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. I like this one. I really love this particular scripture. God really does know them, it's his. He really does. And everyone that names the name of Jesus don't belong to Jesus. They don't. Uh, can, can you sin after you get saved? Sure you can. And surely you will. But just keep on sinning. Let me just pick one out. I'll pick out drinking. You can put about anything you want to in there. If you know it's wrong to drink, why would you keep drinking if you know the scripture says don't drink, why would you keep doing it? Then stand up and say, I'm a Christian. You want a beer? Yeah. Well, preacher, you know a little, a little for the stomach's sake ain't going to hurt you. Well, if your doctor prescribed it, take a spoonful and shut up. But he didn't say drink a fifth to thinking about it. Right? A lot of your medication has alcohol in it. <clears throat> yeah, it does. But isn't it funny that we want to use it for an excuse sometimes just to keep on sinning? I, I like it, Chris, when they tell me this. God understands. God understands I can't quit. Guess what? God said he'd give you the strength to overcome if you trust him, walk in him, believe in him, and first of all, be saved. Saved people have a way of escape. God helped me to take the way of escape, not the excuse. Woo, did the preacher say that out loud? We'd rather have the excuse than have the escape. Because we want to keep doing it. Hello? Isn't it funny? We'll always make an excuse for what we want. How we see it. Turn with me one more scripture and I'll be done in Revelations. Chapter number 2. 
In Revelation chapter number 2, verse number 2, he said, I know thy works. You with me? I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, how that cannot bear them which are evil. Thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience for my name's sake. Hast labored and hast not fainted. He said, nevertheless, are you with me? I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do thy first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. I know your works. I know you have patience. Did you notice how many good things he said about us? Christ is always showing some good points in us, but he's also showing us that we need work. I've been in this thing 35 years. I'm glad he's still working on me. I'm glad I'm just in a rough drought. One day he'll finish the work. But he knows. Now listen to me. I'm closing this message tonight. He knows, Brother Terry, if we're trying, really trying. Hold on this second. Park it right there a second. I'm doing the best I can. Really? Really? When I hear that statement, you know what I think? I'm doing all I'm going to do. That's what I think. If that's not your intentions, I'm sorry. But most of the time, that statement is an excuse. I'm doing the best I can. No, you're not. No, you're not. Every single one of us could do just a little bit better if we would acknowledge He knows us. I could preach about an hour just on this last point there. But think about it tonight, church. You as an individual, what area do you need to step up? He knows your works. He knows your patience. He knows your love for Him. He knows all of these things. But He also knows we could do better. Isn't it funny that the things we really want to do, we'll make time to do it. Philip, back when I was riding a lot of horses, I didn't care if the grass was that high. I was going horse riding. Preacher, I couldn't come to church Sunday, hadn't mowed my grass. You believe it or not, I've heard that one. Really? That's the only time you had. Yeah, I had to work all week. Well, what'd you do on Saturday? Well, me and a buddy of mine went fishing. 
Could have done better, couldn't he? Could have mowed his grass before he went fishing. Well, you know, preacher, you got to get up early and you got to get out there before the lake gets full. Well, not, why not wait till after dark and go out there? See, we're always going to make an excuse for what we really want to do. My wife would say, are you going to cut the grass today? No, I'm going horse riding. I'll bail hay next week. You're going to make and do what you want to do. Ain't nobody going to stop you from doing what you really want to do. Nobody but you. So it must all boil down to this. What's important to you? What's really important to us? A soul needs to be saved. Is that important? It is when it's your family. It's not so important when it's somebody you don't even know. Right? We'll go visiting another time. Here, preacher, let me give you this name. You go visiting. We're past the buck sometimes, do not we? My wife will have to say amen on this. Just don't say it real loud, honey. When Dennis wanted something, he always got it somehow. Boy, do I see people looking. Shut up, Benny. I ain't even talking about a Mercedes. It's just you took a notion for a truck. I usually got what I want. And I went somehow and made arrangements. Somehow or another, I'd get a truck. If I wanted a motorcycle, I'd end it up with a motorcycle. If I wanted another horse, I'd go get another horse. Right? If I wanted to go fishing, somehow I'd go fishing. <coughs> Aren't you glad God knows you? And He still loves you. In spite of all of our shortcomings. Now let me help you and we'll all go home. He loved you when you never loved Him. He loved you when He knew all about you and you never thought one thing about Him. And He still loved you. He still allowed His Son to die for you when you wasn't even willing to acknowledge He existed. His Son died for you. So what would you say tonight if God said, I know you. I know your works. I know your life. Would you have to say, Lord, let me come and repent. Let me move up. He said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Let us stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you need to come to an altar of prayer, step out right now. God knows you tonight. God knows exactly what you need. He knows if you need to come and pray on an altar. He knows what you need. Would you acknowledge him tonight by doing what he's asking you to do? Would you do that? Father, look upon the hearts of all that's here tonight. Some are making their way to an altar. Father, I'm glad you know our thoughts. I'm glad you know our deeds. Whether they're good or evil, God, you know us and you still love us. So, Lord, help us to realize tonight we need to repent of our sins and our shortcomings and move up the ladder to do a little better, Father. 
<coughs> that we'd acknowledge it tonight, God, that we know you know us, and we know that we need to improve. So let it go forth tonight, Father, that the love and the mercy has been shed abroad here in this message, God, that you are willing, Lord, to help us, strengthen us, forgive us, and love us, and care for us. Let us do the same for you. Would you bless my people here tonight, Lord, and interpret this to their hearts and their minds, God, that we could all go to the highways and hedges and compel them to come. Let us overcome ourselves and our shortcomings. Lord, let us take our strengths and God exert them for thy glory. Let us take, Lord, and realize our shortcomings can be a strength if we'll acknowledge it and repent of it and come to you. So blessed be the name of the Lord now and forevermore, for we humbly pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.